Hey guys, welcome to the Bohoning Soul Podcast. Um, today I have uh, another guest, Mr. Bob Smith from Big Stick Archery. Now, um, I had Bob on probably about a year ago, and uh, the audio on that one was absolutely terrible, so I never actually even published it. Uh, I was doing it in my car, uh, it was on like a little voice recorder, uh, you know the AC was going because it was sweltering hot. Because I remember it was it was at lunch. And anyway, long story short, um, you know, I, Bob's a really cool guy, and uh, I, I really wanted to talk to him again and get him back on, and actually, you know, be able to listen to you know what what the conversation was all about. So uh, this one went much much better. It's much clearer. So I'm I'm really thankful uh, for for Bob for coming back on, and. Um, so anyway, we had a really good talk about uh, you know kind of his start in uh, in archery and how he, he you know he kind of just you know started big stick archery and you know the different models that he has and that kind of thing. We get into a little talking about his bear you know his bear hunts, some out of state hunts, uh, a little bit about his setup, that kind of thing. Uh, Bob's also an uh, an author. He um, uh, he wrote a book uh, last year, Quiver Full of Quiver Full of Arrows. So that is a book that I am actually going to purchase. I say that I'm going to purchase it in um, uh, at, at the end of this uh, podcast, and I'm going to do that because uh, you know it's, it seems pretty interesting. So um, definitely go check. Sorry, I've got something stuck in my throat here. Definitely go check that stuff out. So other than that, uh, hope you guys are are, are doing good. Um, again, this will be like a several weeks after we recorded this, but hopefully we are coming even more out of this COVID business and hope you guys are, you know, at least getting some semblance of normalcy back in your lives and your jobs and that kind of thing. Uh, I know it's kind of affected everyone differently. So, um, you know, hope, hope it hasn't been terrible or too terrible for, uh, you know, for the, for the vast majority of you. So, and if it has, well, you know, at least things are looking up. So, um, with that said, definitely uh, leave this uh, leave a rating for this podcast. I really really appreciate it. Again, just go to iTunes, scroll down, and just leave a you know hey leave me a five star rating. That'd be awesome. You don't have to leave a you don't have to re- leave a I can't even talk tonight. You can't you don't have to leave a review. Just leave a rating, and uh, go check out definitely the uh, Bowhunting Soul YouTube channel as well. I've been putting up different uh, videos on there recently about um, uh, some knots, some saddle hunting related knots. Uh, I think there's a, a lack of information out there with, you know, what knots are necessary and how to correctly tie them and, and what to use. And, and, oh, they got the sump pump going off in here. I swear I'm not in the bathroom. Um, so those not, there's like a series of uh, four videos that I'm, that I'm putting out on there on, on, you know, different knots that are used you know, while you're saddle hunting or even if you're, you know, in a tree stand using, you know, like a lineman's belt, that kind of thing. So I hope those are helpful for people who are new to climbing a tree, basically, and uh, and saddle hunting because I was new to saddle hunting last year. And like I said, there was a lack of information about, you know, different knots and ropes and where you use them and why and how and what it's supposed to look like and the correct way to tie them. So uh, I hope that's that that's going to help some of you guys out. So uh, I, I I I like doing that kind of stuff. So I hope that is uh, going to be a benefit to you. Anyway, with uh, with that said, we'll get on to the interview here with uh, Bob Smith of Big Stick Archery. There we go. Oh yeah, I see what you're up to there now. There we go, Bob Smith. Welcome, Bob Smith. How you doing? Pretty good. How are you doing? 
Good, good. Um, again, I, I, I appreciate you doing this, uh, you know, late at night. At least you're in my time zone this time. This is usually hard to do with, with other people because, uh, you know, a lot of times it ends up being like Eastern time zone for people. And it's like, oh, shit, I got to be there at 10 o'clock, you know. It's like, uh, you know. Yeah. No, I've, I've had the same similar issues on the ones I've recorded. Yeah, yeah. So that I've missed them because I'm thinking 8 o'clock and they meant like 6 for me. Yeah. So I just kind of apparently just blow them off unintentionally. <laughs> <laughs> so you said uh, before we started recording here, you said you just came in from outside. What do you, what, what were you doing? Were you shooting or working? Uh, just working on some bows. Working, trying to get some stuff put together here before the before I leave in a week for the bear hunt. So that's awesome. So if, if you guys haven't guessed, I'm talking to Bob Smith here of uh, Big, Big Stick Archery. And uh, Bob and I actually did a podcast um, about a year ago or so. And it was, the audio was just absolute crap. Um, I was, I was actually doing it like in my, cause I had, I had this like crappy recorder and I was actually doing it in my car and it picked up like all the background noise and the AC in the background, the fan and all that stuff. And there was nothing I could do to fix that audio. I mean, it was absolute trash. So, uh, you know, but you know, it's, it's, it's a new year. We can, we can, you know, rehash some of that stuff. And then I want to get into, uh, your, your future plans here. Cause there's a lot that's happened in, in the last year for you. So, um, so you own Big Stick Archery. I guess we can kind of, if you want to just kind of briefly talk about, you know, how you, how you got into, you know, being a bowyer and what made you decide to, you know, you know, build bows for a living. Uh, you, you know, I, it was not the plan when, I, when it all started, that's for sure. Um, I, I, I guess I had just been interested in doing it and had researched and read quite a bit about building bows. And I, I guess I got to the point where I felt like I knew more than about building bows than any guy that doesn't build bows. So come tax time, just like, you know, any, whatever, I must have been like 25 or something. Any 25-year-old man always looks forward to tax time, you know. It's oh, yeah. like a, either I can build or either I can buy about, should be able to buy about any custom bow that I want. Or I could just make one and save a bunch of money, obviously, you know, like that. That was my thought process. At, How did uh, that work out for you? <laughs> uh, so, yes, I have not saved any money on that. Right. It's an um, investment, Bob. Yeah. So, I mean, and it, it all worked out. But, yeah, I guess I thought, I don't know what I thought. I was like, I can buy yeah. some tools and materials for way less than $1,200. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, the first one blew up. And then the second one, I mean, she's still around, but... Uh, yeah, it was no custom Black Widow or something. <laughs> right, right, right. Huh. So, so uh, did did you grow up with uh, like a stick and a string or, or hunting or, um, you know, what, what was that whole, you know, what was the path to archery for you? Yeah, um, I guess basically grew up with archery and bow hunting from, you know, I guess from the, the, the day I was born. Um, I did a lot of compounds up until, I guess, till I was done playing college basketball. I think that was the same summer that I started doing the recurve thing a little bit, shooting my dad's old recurve, bear recurve. Um, but yeah, had definitely grown up around bow hunting and, and archery and all that. It was pretty, a pretty big deal. Um, Always in Iowa or? Uh, no, I grew up in southern Wisconsin. Oh, okay. Okay. So just a little ways away, not too far, five hours or so from here. Right, right, right. Yep. Um, just just hopped the border for 
basketball in college and then just stayed for resident deer tags, basically. Is ah, what <laughs> I gotcha. So, so then, so then you're into archery and, and then you decide, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to make a go at this all my own. Like, did you, uh, what, what did you, I mean, did you read like the Bowyer's Bible? Uh, did uh, you reach out to anybody? I mean, what, how did you, how did you learn your craft? Uh, yeah, you know, I have this, I'm looking at the, it's, it's not the Boyer's Bible, it's a traditional Boyer's encyclopedia. Okay. That I thought was gonna, like, spell it all out for me, and that was pretty disappointing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I read a lot of, uh, I read a lot of forums on the Pirates of Archery. They had, like, a, a Boyer's page or some whatever on there. Okay. So I would say I probably read just about every thread. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and I guess that's about it. Um, my neighbor at the time, or my yeah, my neighbor's son, I guess. Um, it, well, he's an engineer now, and he had just grown up building stuff. So okay. he knew how to build a lot of things, and was smart enough to know with just a little bit of you know showing him what you were trying to build or what you needed. Like he, you know, he picked up the concept pretty quick. Right. He kind of like gave me the rundown on this is a bandsaw. This is the table saw. <laughs> this ba is basic, the basic basics, basically. You basics. Ba yeah. Like I made him like, you know, he had to do all the bandsaw on the first one because I didn't want to screw it up. And all right. So. So, yeah, look at me now. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I, I love I love that you're that you're honest about that. You know what I mean? Because like. I, I don't know. It, it seems like there's like a lot of mystery to not that they're secretive about it, you know, not that I've talked to that many bowyers, but, um, you know, a lot of them, I, I guess maybe, I don't know. You're, you're very honest about like, Hey, I didn't even know how to operate a damn bandsaw. You know what I mean? I just wanted to build a bow and then here's, here's how I started. So, yeah. I mean, it, so did, did you kind of buy into a business or did you just, just build up big stick, uh, from, from uh, yeah, inception? no started from the bottom now we're here is what happened um, yeah <laughs> uh so i guess the the quick summary would be i had built a handful of bows i had shot a lot of rer bows they were in Merrill, wisconsin at the time mm -hmm. um, and you know we're talked to kevin and sue a fair amount I, I think i might ask him some questions about building bows here and there but mm -hmm. he at one point a, a couple years in not very long into it had mentioned that he was going to sell RER. So I thought, well, geez, that would be pretty cool. Like, you know, that'd <laughs> give me a boost, make it a right. Little yeah. And so we, you'd at least have a bandsaw. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah. So it was, I thought, what, how hard could it be? So I looked into a bunch about, you know, just kind of research the whole owning a business, LLC stuff, blah, 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 the ins and outs of kind of that side of things. And I guess what it ended up coming down to was I kind of backed out and decided that I would rather do my own thing as opposed to have to build Kevin's bows, I guess. Right. Despite, I, you know, I liked Kevin's bows and I like Kevin and Sue and they're great and all, but I guess I decided I'd rather kind of do my own thing than have to do what Kevin had done. Okay. So I kind of backed out and then like the next day I bought like... <laughs> LLC license or whatever in Iowa, mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, probably, you know, in hindsight, could have waited a couple years. Um, I guess I was just too jazzed up and had done all the research and whatever on it. So, uh, you know, backed out of that and just 
went full blown, I guess, on my own. What year was this? I think seven. No, 13. I think it's been like seven years since I got the license. Okay. So it's been like 13. 13, yeah. Yeah. And were you full time then or were you doing something else then? Oh, yeah. No, no. I uh, had a full time job at the time. <laughs> yeah. No, I was not full time. <laughs> what year? Did it, uh, what were you doing before? Like, did it lend itself to learning how to build bows at all? Did it apply at all? Or, uh, I mean, like, I was a social worker, I was like a supported community living uh, coordinator, I guess, for for mentally, mentally ill people that live okay. independently in the community. So, I uh, did not furniture shop or something <laughs> very noble, but it has nothing to do with bow building. No. No, right. I mean, I guess I got to spend a lot of time driving around in the car, so I guess yeah. I gave a lot of time to think about bow building, but yeah. other than that, yeah, it didn't, uh, really no connection. Um, I guess it was pretty, you know, you had kind of independent schedule, where you kind of just saw your clients when you could see them, so you, pretty flexible, right. and then it went on, it kind of went to like, oh, I didn't, like, I didn't work Fridays. And I worked Fridays for like two or three, two years, three years. And then like I didn't work Thursdays or Fridays. And then I worked like Monday, Tuesday. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I kind of, it kind of. As your business got bigger. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. it, it kind of coordinated that way. So right. it worked out good, I guess. Well, I mean, that's, you know, you, you, I think the last time we talked to, we were talking about, hey, I kind of jumped in and, and got, you know, got the LLC, started a business and blah, blah, blah. And on the outside, I mean, you make it sound like it was kind of like a big jump, but I mean, it sounds like you transitioned like the smart way, you know, you didn't just give up your day job and be like, I'm going to do this and follow my dream and not pay the mortgage. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of sounds good when you put it like that. It was not, it was not uh, premeditated that way. Right. <laughs> I just had bills to pay. Exactly. I just didn't sell very many bows. And uh, yeah, uh, like, yeah, the old big stick archery is almost tanked like two or three times. Like, yeah, been, been to the edge. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I had like five stock bows and I didn't have any other materials or money for materials. So I went to the Coon Rapid shoot there. Mm-hmm. And just so like the, some guys were talking about buying bows. And well, what if we bought five? And I was just like, give me $1,000 for all five. Like it sounded wow. like a number. <laughs> and wow. said it, and I seen their eyeballs light up. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, is this guy uh, drunk? <laughs> yeah. I had just gotten there, so I wasn't wasn't too drunk. But <laughs> I just but, I just actually came back from not that particular shoot because um, they canceled the all traditional one. But I just ended yeah. up uh, um, I shot with a few guys up here not uh, last weekend, the weekend before. So it was actually my second. It was my second three D three D shoot ever. You know. And it's it's pretty fun. This is this is up at that was a Rapids Archery or whatever. Is that the same one you're talking about? Uh, Rapids, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Yeah. It was it was it's, it's definitely uh, definitely a fun place. So anyway, it, go back. So so you, you you show up and you're like, okay, um, here's all here's all I got. And then you turn you turn that into what materials and then more bows, obviously. And right. So I mean, uh, yeah. So it's I guess it worked out because. I had no money and no other materials. <laughs> you had enough money to get back home and so, start, right. start building. Started over again. Uh, I know another time I, I told my wife I was going to quit before that. 
And I was like, well, I guess I'm just done. I'm not getting any orders. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to stop worrying about this being like a business thing. Right. And then, you know, like the next day, like two guys from Iowa call and ordered bows. So then I was like, well, never mind. I guess I'm in business again. Yeah. (laughs) That's a tough call, man. Like I've I've tried to make it a go like during what is it? The the peak of uh, the housing boom. Right. Um, I, you know, got my contractor license and things like that. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to make a go of it. But I mean, it's, it's like. You you either wish it's like boom or like completely flat fall flat on your ass. But the one but the one that the, the the one that like pains me the most is when you're like just scraping by, you know, month after month, and it's like oh I'm gonna give this up and get a real job, and then no, oh, and then you get like a like a big project or something like that. You're like oh okay cool I'm good for the next like month and a half, you know. Right. And it just kind of drags on like on on the verge of like you know failure or 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 you know boom or bust kind of thing. And yeah no I I can I can relate to that. Sounds sounds familiar. Sounds yeah. Familiar. I think it was it was it was like that for like I don't know, quite a few years. So those first few bows. Now, what what did you model them after? Did you model them after an RER or? Uh, Not really. You just kind of. How did you come up with whatever design? Yes, uh, I, I just had read a bunch of stuff, so kind of understood how bow physics worked, and I guess it was just what I thought would work good, and it happened to shoot pretty decent, and whatnot so i pretty much just ran with that for five years or something so Uh, right now you've got you've got what models um i had the well the assassin is still kind of hanging around which so that would have been the first one Mm -hmm. that i just kind of like stumbled into um and then now last year i did the hitman and the gremlin which i would say kind of phased out the assassin um but really yeah the the hitman is kind of just like the assassin 2.0. Okay. Okay. So I mean, it's kind of it's the same riser profile, um, just a tweaked limb design. So it's it's, it's like six feet a second faster, hmm. quieter, less hand shock. Like it's just a little more, you know. Yeah. A little more uh, tuned up, I guess. So that's all right. That's you know six years of staring at the one and thinking, well, I wonder what I would change about that basically. So, cause there's not a lot of bad that I heard about. I've never shot one. Um, but there's right. not a lot of bad that I've heard, you know, about the assassin by looking at it. Um, it, it looks like I would love the grip cause it's got a nice, you got a nice flat grip there, right. In, in the palm at least. Right. And it seems to me like any bows I shoot the, the like the flatter that palm is, um, the less, the less that it rocks in my hand and I'm oh. all, I'm, I'm all like 90% of the bow is, is a grip for me. So if it fits yeah. comfortably, I don't have to think about it. If I don't have to think about it subconsciously, I'm like, Oh, I'm going to shoot this bow. Well, and you do, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, the, the grip is something that changed a lot over time from the beginning to mm-hmm. the last couple of years. But I mean, I'm sure that's, I, I can't say that uh, you kind of have to expect that. Right. Um, so. so the, the so the assassin then how what, what's what sizes did they come in? Did you just have uh, like one well, size riser and different you know just overall lengths with limbs or? Yeah, I had a couple of different forms, but yeah, it was a fifty-eight, sixty, sixty-two, and a sixty-four. Okay. Um. And is I, it is it just the limbs that are different there, or or is the, or is the riser um, itself um, bigger the too? The same, but I had changed the. I changed the form so that the shorter ones still had the same 
I guess the same profile and a shorter distance. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes. Okay. And then, so now the hitman has kind of taken over what the assassin wants. It's kind of like an improved assassin. And you said, so what have you done differently with the limbs? Is it, is it different material? Is it have, you know, different, uh, you know, reflex deflex when it's on strong, like what's, what's going on there? Yeah. The unstrung profiles there, there's a lot less, uh, deflex and a lot more reflex. Oh, okay. So it's, I don't know. I would almost call it more of a centaur profile unstrung. Okay. I, I would have to re kind of relate it to something. Right. Um, so, and I think that was why the assassin was a little louder than this one is. I think it's just had too much deflex and you just would get vibrations trapped in the middle of the limb. Like when you shot, um, I think that's my theory. That's how it ended up in this situation. Ended up with the new design. So okay. So when you, I'm I'm trying I'm trying to think of it because this is I'm sorry this stop me if any of this stuff is like proprietary and you don't want to give any away. But I mean this is the <laughs> kind of shit I geek out about, right? Sure, so sure. you know we always you know we always hear like the more deflex something has or the more forward handle something has, um, the the more shootable it is, the more stable it is, right? Um, but you're saying that because of the deflex like is it from the transition from the deflex to the reflex like in 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 the middle there let's say um that something like wonky was going on and it was making it louder or or something or something else um i i think the deflex just gotten too far behind the riser i guess if i had to okay pick a, a, a specific thing mm -hmm. um okay so you know, if i like if i put the assassin and a hitman on a table like the heel of the hitman is on the bench. Mm -hmm. Where the assassin is three or four inches. The heel is like three, four inches off the table. Oh, okay. So it's still probably a fairly similar design. I guess right. just angle off of the riser is a lot less deflexed. Got it. Got it. Are you still using the same, uh, like limb cores and stuff like that. Do you have like a preference for limb cores, or do you just let the, the customer choose? Um, no, no. For quite a while now, I've just done all boo and all bamboo cores. Okay. It used to be like an upgrade thing, but that only lasted a year or so. Once I started making my own, I, I just have done all all bamboo. Did uh, is was that was that a common thing to request? Because bamboo is it's supposed to be faster, right? It's supposed to be it's got. Uh, yeah, I guess it's that's it and. People say it just has a nice feel to it, mm -hmm. like a softer feel. Um, it, it, I think, yeah, it's a little bit lighter is why it would be faster. Right. A little bit lighter than some hardwood cores, but yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. Oh, the actual, you're talking like the actual mass of the limb, right, to get it moving its, itself. Yeah. Okay, more yeah. energy can go into the string, into the arrow. Okay. Well, no, so I, the, the core laminations would weigh less. So you would use less energy to move the limb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I mean. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. okay. Hmm. Um, which I don't. I don't know how much of that is uh, a fact. Um, I've never geeked out on a chronograph that hard or had a shooting machine to actually tell the difference. Right. I have a chronograph now, but I don't have a shooting machine. So I, mm -hmm. I you start looking at a couple of feet a second or whatever. It's pretty tough. Um, yeah, a couple of feet a second's tough, but yeah, I mean, there's more to it than I'm, I'm sure. You know, like you say, if if, if this one feels better, you know, uh, that's that's that more than makes up for 
you know, sp- speed difference, you know. Right. Yeah, it's kind of got a little softer feel. Um, and I guess I haven't really even looked into it. It's been so long. Like, I just decided that, that was the way to go. Um, it's yeah. also a lot. It's like action boo. And it's just a lot easier to work with than like a hardwood. Like it's, it's, you know, it's a, it's like a grass type of fiber, right? Like right. Long continuous fibers. So it's, it's very consistent from plank to plank or, you know, hardwood, you have different knots and grains and all of that stuff. And it's just, it's less consistent and a little harder to work hmm. with. Harder to sand, you know, harder to grind the laminations, or it's, you know, harder on your paper, etc. Interesting. Band, I, yeah, kinda, I never thought about that. A little more yeah. consistent, and I, it's, it seems easier to work with just as far as grinding. E- easier on your sanders. Are you still going through sanders like crazy? Or? Uh, the rigid one, yeah. Um, <laughs> my, my drum sander that I got to buy laminations with, that was like five years ago. And I think I broke even on the sander after the first batch of laminations. I the ground <laughs> and yeah. she's still cranking hard. So one day, one, one day, day I'll have room to put a bigger real sander in. But yeah, in the meantime, the old 10 by 10 shoebox is a little restrictive on 72 inch belt sanders. Oh yeah, because because you're because you're I mean you're you're building this um, in your I mean you've got like a I don't want to call it a garage but I mean this is kind of like detached from your house right kind of thing you're kind of building this at your yeah so your yeah. shop got yeah just pretty pretty tight so space has been an issue so that's why I keep rocking the rigids yeah whatever whatever you got to do to make it fit in there okay so then your your new quote-unquote new bow and that's not all that new it's been out for a little while now but is the gremlin right so talk about that a little bit well so i didn't i also didn't really like about the assassin is there was a 58 and a 60 model Mm -hmm. and 60 was pretty pretty use usable we'll call it like you, I think you could shoot it out to like 30 inches. So, I mean, it's not bad. But the 58 was just kind of tough. Like, it just wasn't a real good short bow. Yeah. It, it was short, but, I mean, if you drew over, it was more like a like maybe like a women's or a youth type bow. Mm-hmm. It, it just wasn't a good short bow design. It was just was a short version of it. Short so version of, of a bow that didn't draw to like 28, 29 comfortably. Right, right. Okay. It was just a shorter version of what I had. For right, twenty-six inch draw length or something. Um, so after I did the Hitman, I thought, well, I might as well, you know, let's do, let's do a little bit faster model, longer version, and then let's make a good, like a good short bow, you know, a right. fifty inch that can shoot or handle a thirty-one inch draw length. So that's kind of where the Gremlin came around. Okay. Um. How does that differ as far as design? Um, what, what did you do to make that kind of better? Is it is this like a longer working limb or? Uh, yeah, so they're they're uh, the Hitmans are all seventeen inch risers now. So technically, oh, let me think about it. So the Gremlins have a thirteen inch riser, but the working limb is the same length as a sixty two inch Hitman. Okay. So relatively long limb, 
and you've sh- you shortened the riser to get to get the overall package right down and down okay very deep or yes very reflex reflex whatever it's a very forward handle it would be more of like a thunder child i would assume i've never i've never really fondled a thunder child uh-huh it would be more of that type of a design i would say or like a shrew like a shrew yeah okay so so pretty aggressively i guess it's not quite like a v v-shaped bow but pretty aggressively <laughs> pretty defense. close pretty yeah pretty, it's a hard crescent <laughs> it's a hard crescent <laughs> I like yeah. that hard cross. So is that, is that something? So what do you, what do you shoot then? What is, what is your, like, you're going to go, we're going to get into your hunt here uh, pretty quick here, but um, like for, for like an, an everyday, like let's say whitetail hunt or, you know, um, like tree stand or where I don't, I'm, I'm not, I don't know how you hunt. I know you hunt uh, out West sometimes too, but like, what's your go-to bow? Uh, well, I only have one most of the time. Some, a lot of times I don't have any. <laughs> um, that's kind of part of the whole struggle is I would always need money. So I'd like sell my bow all the time. Um, mm. <laughs> so the one I've had, and I don't plan on getting rid of it is I got a 64 inch hit, man. Um, and it's 47, 48 at the, where the clicker's set up. Right. Um, so nothing crazy. Um, I'd shot quite a few 64 inch bows in the past. Um, it's not a not a real big problem for me, mm-hmm. but I was working on the whole, I guess, Tom Clown solid mechanics form business. So I thought that maybe a 64 would be a little better than a 56 at the time. Right. So that's how I kind of got into that. But I'll definitely, definitely looking to get myself a, I guess, I guess I'll do a 58 uh, Gremlin here. Some at some point, just haven't got around to building it yet. Right. Okay. So, uh, have you have you do you hunt off like uh, ground blinds at all or anything like that, or or just just tree stand and spot and stock? Oh, yeah, most like you know turkey. I do a little bit of ground blind stuff, but I and I've shot a few deer off the ground or in blinds, but it's mostly tree stands for for the deer. Yeah. And obviously, no issues with limb clearance and stuff like that for. Uh no. No, I guess I just kind of, you know, you go through all your options when you get there. Yeah. So kind of know where, you know, you're just kind of aware. Once you get used to it, it doesn't seem like a big, big issue, really. Um, yeah. See, I try to convince myself that, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm, I have no problem shooting a bigger bow and carrying it around. And, but, but then, like, all of a sudden, I'm, I'm like, I'll whack it into something. Or um, I've said this before, like, I'll, I'll be walking. And, you know, it's, it'll be in my, my you know, I'm, let's say I'm walking down the trail or something like that. And it'll be in my left hand, you know, because I'm just holding my left hand. And, like, I'll dig, like, the top limb, like the front limb into the into the grass or into the dirt, you know, because my arm is swinging. I'm like, what am I, you know, like, what the hell? You know, it's like the first time I've carried a bow. And, and that just doesn't happen with, like, like I've got, like, a 58-inch uh, grizzly, you know. That doesn't happen with that. But with any of the longer 60, 62 inch bows or whatever I've had, like just I just feel like I'm I'm like not really aware of where those 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 damn limb tips are, you know? Yeah, um, I mean I'm also like six seven, so I suppose my my bow arm is a little higher off the ground. That's true. I'm five eight. I have I'm I yeah I'm definitely uh, a little a low, 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 lower 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 to the ground. So <laughs> uh, <laughs> I haven't had a lot of issues with that, but I'm sure part of it is just because it's it's 
I guess it's not so proportionately large to my body. Yeah. So you got a pretty long draw, I'm guessing. Uh, yeah, I thought it was going to be like stupid long. That's why I went with the 64, but it, apparently it's only like 30 and a half. 30 okay. That's, that's not bad. So, no, apparently once you start doing things right, it, uh, it, it changes. Oh, but yeah. Yeah. The, closer, the bump. closer to correct, anyway, I should say. Clo closer to correct, yeah. I let's not call it right. Has has that has that helped you a lot? I know you you mentioned uh, the the Tom Clum you know solid archery mechanics course and things like that. Has that yeah. has that changed dr like drastically your 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 shot cycle, your your sequence, your position? I mean, is it is it like night and day or? Um, I I will say I'm still pretty new to it. I have not done a lot of hunting with it. Mm -hmm. Um. I do know that my shot is a lot different than it has been um, or the sequence or whatnot. Okay. It's definitely draw the bow a little different. Um, it's definitely more comfortable to hold the bow at full draw. And then I have the string clicker on there or the limb clicker on. So uh, that's, that's a big difference from what, yeah. I, what I had done before. Um, and yeah, I guess you don't, I don't really have, after like i think it's been about four well probably closer to like five months like all winter i worked on it and it's pretty comfortable now i don't really have like any bad ones like real heebie-jeebies mm -hmm. you know trying to get the clicker to go off but um i also haven't really shot a lot of tournaments or really hunted with it much either so yeah i was i was more curious about if, you, if you'd hunted with your new with the new form with the new style you know what i mean yeah and that's if that's if that's changed your uh you know how you hunt and i mean do you, you know do you hit your clicker do you still maintain that upper like you know proper you know t configuration you know that that kind of stuff right yeah i can't i you know i guess i shot my turkey with it um but that's that's about all i can say about that i missed okay it's multiple birds before so i mean i don't know that that's much of a testament to the effectiveness <laughs> Yeah, I I missed one at nine yards like a few weeks ago. Uh, most exciting thing I've ever done, but uh, I missed it. But yeah, it's uh, it it just seems to, you know, time slows down, but then it speeds up. It's it's weird. It's it's I don't know how to describe like like some 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 aspects of what I went through was kind of you know time slowed down. I was trying to do everything right, and you know my my arrow actually ended up like slapping. I was trying to thread it just just past my decoy, you know, and ended up hitting the decoy and, and deflecting. But um, yeah, and, and in some aspects of it, like I'll try to think back, and I'm like, did I do everything right? And I can't remember if I did everything right. And I'm like, I think I did everything right because there was nothing overly stupid that popped out. Like, oh, you idiot, you didn't do such and such. But <laughs> you know, you know how that goes. You're like, I, I'm going to give myself the benefit of the doubt and think that I did everything right. I haven't taken the course, by the way. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. You know, oh, no, uh, no. Co commenting on on Tom's you know course or anything I'm like that. It's just garbage here. I'm, I'm yeah. Talk a lot of your verbiage. Yeah, yeah. So, um, okay. So let's move on to like your 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 hunting, I guess. Now you you live in Iowa. You've got, I'm sure, you giant you know 200 class white tails parading through your backyard every right. I mean, they're around every tree, behind every corner, right? Well, people but tell me. That's what know. everyone says. Yeah. So, but uh, wh where do you hunt by, in Iowa? By is it public land? Is it private? Do you, what's your what's your situation? I've pretty much been mostly public for, uh, I, ooh, it's been quite a few years now. 
six, five, six years, maybe. Okay. Yeah. I dabbled a little private quite a while ago, and it didn't go real hot as far as other people on the property. And, and yeah. Just kind of, the, I, I don't know. Apparently, we didn't get, didn't feel real welcome. Um, <laughs> kind of a hot mess. So I, yeah. Kind of gave me a bad taste, so I haven't really messed with it since. So then you're all you're you're most you're mostly public now. Iowa doesn't have a lot of public land, correct? At least at least it's not 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 like Wisconsin or or you yeah. know I'm in Minnesota up here, obviously. So I do. How far do you have to go? Uh, I mean, there are places around my house. I, I you know, I, of course, I started hunting within a half an hour from the house, and then okay. you go to eastern Iowa. So then that's a few hours because there's more bigger deer in right. eastern. So then it's a few hour drive. You know, you go and hunt two days, come back and call it a week, and I guess it's not so bad. But right, right. Um, but it's not but yeah. pop out like for you know just just for a quick like hour or two, and you know come back and. Right. Yep. And there are there there are closer places that I used to do a lot of that. With, yeah. You know, fifteen. Well, some are even closer, but yeah, half hour you can get to some quite a few different places within about a half hour. Now you also do. A lot of Western, not, well, I don't say a lot, but you do Western hunting, right? Uh, last year you went on a bear hunt and like a two week elk hunt. Is that right? Yeah, it was a month. It was a month. A month. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> way wow. too long. It was way too long. What it was. But anyway. So where did you end up going? Uh, that was all in Idaho. Okay. For, for elk and bear? Yeah. Okay. So you've probably told the story like a thousand times and I, I know like as we're kind of getting on like you know almost a well, at least for the bear like you know almost a year into into it but um you who, who did you go out there did you go out with a, a few a few guys out there and you guys did like a little bear camp and I, I think did you get a bear or or not get a bear i can't i couldn't remember i did not get a bear um i think this will be my fifth year doing the bear hunting in idaho the first three, I thought I was just going to, like, spot and stalk bears, which was a big, humongous flop. Seen some bears miles away kind of kind of thing. Um, and then last year, yes, we got had a group that went and tried to do some baiting. Seen some bears. Uh, killed a couple of bears out of the group. So definitely a little more efficient, apparently. Okay. Effective hunting with some baits. Turns out, who would have guessed, huh? How do you scout for something like that? With, with I mean, you guys are on public, right? So how do you, how do you scout for something that a like you can't, you, you know, you can't get to like every weekend, you know? Because around here, um, in Minnesota, we've I've never gone bear hunting because uh, I just I don't have the time and the resources to drive up every weekend with you know a car full of bait and in buckets and or whatever and, and trudge in and, and reset baits and you know kind of get to know uh, the area and and habitualize you know the animals right yeah <laughs> how, how, do you, how do you approach that when you go in idaho when it's just like a big uh, dense jungle well i mean to be fair we had no idea what we were doing um we just showed up and gave it the old college try <laughs> okay um so uh colton had scrounged up some barrels and we scrounged up some bait and dog food or whatever mm -hmm. and i guess i was remotely fairly familiar with the general area not that i had seen a bunch of bears but right. like I, I knew like road systems and stuff like that okay a bit 
just from previous previous hunting trips out there right just from the past few strings that i had drove out there and basically just walked around in the jungle type okay um which didn't help much other than i guess i was familiar with the roads basically that was about it um so yeah we just basically bumbled into some just picked some random spots and put baits out (laughs) right and some bears came and hit the baits uh yeah i don't know I guess I would say that we were fairly lucky. Okay. So when you, when you're setting up something like that, are you, are you in a tree stand? Are you building like a ground blind or, or I mean, Um, squatting behind a tree? No, we did all tree stands last year. Okay. Um, So yeah, just a barrel, a ton of donuts and dog food and whatever else you can get and scent stuff, you know, whatever you can get to throw up in a tree liquid smoke vanilla we used um, okay and uh yeah I, I guess we were there for like i think i was there for almost three weeks so, wow so that helped you know the first the first week was not good and basically just as it progressed you know more bears just were or they were just more comfortable with the bait i guess you would say okay so it got better Right. Okay. Did well, you get any? Not, did you get any shot opportunities or? Uh, uh yeah, I, I botched a couple. Lost a couple bears. So. Uh, I I don't know. One was pretty weird, and one was just not a good shot. I guess. Yeah. So I I don't know. They both. I was pretty convinced that they were dead bears at, at the time they ran off into the bushes, but that was not what happened. So how dense is it up there? You know, I mean, without giving away, I mean, where, where you, where you, where you go or whatever, but I mean, everyone says Idaho was just like, just, uh, I mean, is it, is it, is it more kind of clear cutting mountainous or is it just like just dense, dense, dense forest where, you know, you can't, you know, if something goes into the bushes, you know, five yards away, like you, you can't see, you know, two yards into it or whatever. Yeah. It's kind of split. Like, the northern half is just, like, temperate rainforest, I think, is, like, a, a legitimate term for it. Okay. And then, like, the southern half, like, almost, like, if you drew a straight line, like, southern half is, like, high desert. Oh, okay. It's weird. Like, it's a pretty drastic change. Um, hmm. Yeah, I've driven kind of kind of through the edge of Idaho, you know, kind of clipped it, but I've, I've never actually, like, been, you know spent any time in, in Idaho. So, you know, all, all I can go off of is all the, you know, the pictures and stuff that people post and it, it just seems incredibly pretty, you know, I mean, are you guys camping just on, uh, was it a national forest or, or, yep. or what is it? Yep. There, there is, uh, up in the North half there, there is plenty of national forest. Um, not really anything else. <laughs> yeah. Any grizzly bears up there? Uh, no, no. Well, not, not so many. Hey, what are you Hey, calm down, girls. Crying any sakes. <laughs> I don't know. Someone must have walked by on the sidewalk or something. We're excited. <laughs> but uh, no, so it's that north half. There's, you know, there's really not towns, like legitimately not towns. It's, mm-hmm. much, it's almost all national forest. Wow. Uh, okay. Or a ridiculously huge amount of it, anyway. Percentage wise. And you took your car out there, right? I mean, you're you're oh, yeah, rocking man. like a you're you're rocking a like a like a hatchback. 
Yeah, the Nissan Versa, the hatchback, it it, it goes everywhere. Uh, uh, apparently, yeah. I mean, I, I I don't have a truck either. I've got a Hyundai Elantra with you know yeah. snow tires if I'm lucky. So yeah. <laughs> that's my off-road vehicle. That's yeah. my hunting rig. You know, it, it takes me everywhere that I go. That's that's probably a better, uh, more accurate deal. It takes me everywhere that I go because that's all that I got to drive. <laughs> yeah, I, and 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 I'm I'm kidding, but not kidding. But you know, kind of. Um, the pictures that I saw looked like you were on pretty some some hard pack roads. I was just kind of curious, like do those do those roads get uh, get get chewed up or muddied up? I mean, is there a chance that you could be like, oh shit, it rained for like a day and now I'm stuck here for for four days? Or, no, or is, is no, it pretty well groomed? Not there. Um, you know that northern half is awfully rocky. So okay. Um, so that that's not a problem. Uh, that's not to say like places i've hunted in wyoming i sure as shit wouldn't be able to drive my car right uh, like nebraska if i would leave the road like i can't leave like the blacktop road because it's just yes or whatever um but in idaho as far as idaho specifically goes like in that northern half of idaho it's it's i mean they're pretty decent roads and there's definitely yeah. you know more jeep type trails that you can't drive but, right um it's yeah it's not a huge deal in idaho i would say um uh, it, it's I mean, the bigger point I'm trying to get to is that I think a lot of people get deterred, like if they don't like if they don't have certain equipment, you know, and, and I've, I I haven't gone out of state. You know, I would love to do it. I, I just never gone on out, out of state hunt. Florida doesn't count when I'm down there, you know, but, um, you know, it, it's doable. If someone's like, hey, I'll, all I have is like the family, the family sedan, you know, and I don't have like some, you know, fifty thousand dollar you know jacked up four by four and you know a razor side by side and blah 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 like you see uh, it's it's doable i mean you just kind of go and you find where you can go and obviously you can do it right absolutely um and i would almost say that it's a bit it's almost a benefit as far as i look at it um you know let's say you're looking at idaho or anywhere you go and there's you know hundreds of thousands of square acres Mm -hmm. well how are you supposed to pick where to go like if you don't spend a lot of time there you're just looking at maps that's a lot of places to look right just find out or if you call and say hey i'm driving a car what roads would you think i might be able to use to access like it knocks a big chunk of that out of the way <laughs> like oh i gotcha you know so instead of looking at hundreds and thousands millions of square acres of national forest you know all right well I can drive this road and this road so I can maybe walk here and here and you cut out 80% of it or it kind of de facto like narrows down where you can, where you can hunt anyway. And then you just kind of, uh, it's, you, you take away the, um, uh, you know, paralysis by analysis kind of thing. Right. It's like, okay, here's where I'm limited to. I got to just, I got to make it, I got to hunt here. Right. Right. Basically, okay. yeah, I guess kind of what I'm saying. Um, yeah. Well, exactly what I'm saying, <laughs> uh, which, at some point, it'd be nice to go and do all that stuff, but at this point, it's not like I've, you know, <laughs> it's not like I've killed all the big, big critters there are to kill in the places I can drive my car. So that you know, that's not been a problem. Yeah, yeah, fair point. Yeah, I like that. So, so, I, um, so this year, uh, you've got a bear hunt coming up as well, then, right? Are you uh, are you going back back out to Idaho or? Yeah, yeah, gonna go back, do the same, same type of hunt, basically. Uh, a couple of different guys, but going to try doing some, run some more baits, maybe get a couple other new baits out. And I don't know. 
how uh, how how long are you gonna spend out there? Uh, I'm only I'm gonna be out there for like two weeks this time. Okay. Um, and then uh, Colton is gonna head out like this weekend, so there'll be like the baits that we had last year. Well, I've mm-hmm. already been out for a week before I get there, and then we'll put out some new ones so that hopefully the last week the new ones, if they're gonna be decent, will be decent. Like the second weekend there. Got it. And uh, what's uh, what what is a non-resident like tag run out there for, for Idaho? Uh, yeah, you'd be hunting bears for, um, I think it's under three hundred bucks. You're well, that's not bad. bad. No. By the time you're all in, it's under three hundred. So it's about as cheap as it gets. Yeah, that, I mean that's not bad, and you're getting an adventure out of it. You know, oh. you can go hunt bears kind of kind of anywhere, but um. You know, you're you don't have the scenery in a lot of like. I mean, I you you, you can pay more money, obviously, and go like you know Canada. You can go yeah, uh, Maine, go whatever, or or yeah. you know, as far as like like a baited uh, kind of hunt. Which you know, I if I had the money, I'd do it. Honestly, you know, I'm I'm not that big on like baited oh. anything, but I mean, for like my first <laughs> bear hunt, I would love. I you know, I would have no qualms about about going and do you know going to Alberta somewhere or Manitoba, whatever it is, you know, and doing yeah. like uh, you know like a baited black bear hunt, and just just to get the experience. <laughs> but um, the, what you're doing sounds just like way way cooler than that because you're getting this, you're getting the road trip, you're getting this experience out in these uh, you know the, the beautiful mountains and stuff, and you know you get you get to share you know, camp with, uh, yeah. you know, with, with, with hunting buddies and stuff. And that's, that's, that's way more of the experience that you're getting than, than just, you know, physically like putting an arrow through something, you know, just a bunch of bears on the bait. Um, right. And I would, I would go to Canada too. Turns out me and Colton just don't have money to go to Canada and spend $6,000 every spring. So. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I've, I've looked into, you know, what, and of course, I, you know, you never want to like look at like the cheapest, you know, ones, right? You kind of want to go off of like what what you've heard other people have, have yeah. mentioned on different podcast stuff. And I mean, I haven't found one for really honestly for under like three grand, you know. Yeah, yeah, maybe six was high, maybe five is closer. Yeah, I, I, again, I get there, get back, blah blah blah. Um, yeah, between the drive and the, you know, of course, you know, border. I don't even know if the border is going to be, you know, uh, open, you know, this this year or whatever. But not right. not that I'm going to go or anything like that. But yeah, yeah no, it, it's it's it, it's awesome because basically you can make like a two week trip out of it, and and, and I don't know what it's going to cost you. I'm not I'm not you know prying that way, but I mean I'm sure you can make whatever money that you would you would have had to have like a an outfitted kind of kind of hunt more close by. Just you make that last over over two weeks. You know, and especially for splitting camp costs or maybe travel. I don't know if you're traveling out there with somebody else or whatever, but you can do like an out of state, you know, hunting trip for like, you know, like a little hunting vacation for, for two weeks for a lot less than, uh, you know, some uh, sort of baited yeah. guy to deal, you know? Um, I, you know, if you're splitting stuff with people, I don't know. You could do a lot of, you could do a lot of crap for under 2000 Yeah. Or two thousand or less, and that's right. dumb stuff. Have like an eight hundred dollar tag, you know, like an elk tag that costs you eight or nine hundred bucks. Like, right, right. You could you could do a lot of stuff for less than two grand, and I, I don't know. It's a lot more work for sure. Well, it's a lot more. I mean, are you guys in a wall tent or are you just camping just in uh, uh, tents or a bunch of different little tents? And people kind of just came and went. 
um, as they had the time off or whatnot. And right. uh, we just camped in tents in the National Forest. That sounds fun. I mean, that sounds, you it know, is. It, it sounds fun from the outside, too. You're like, you know, probably like raining for a week straight and you're, you know, soaked and cold and hungry it's or whatever. But <laughs> it is less fun doing that. But I yeah. Mean, and the benefit about doing the do, I guess, a, a big plus to the do it yourself stuff, not that everyone has time. But, like, last year I hunted, you know, I was in Idaho for four weeks instead of two weeks, and it cost me, like, no more money. Like, hmm. you know, like, once you get there, yeah, there, I guess you need a little more food. But a two-week hunt costs pretty much the same as a one-week hunt, it, plus a little food and maybe some extra fuel if you're driving around. But it's, you know. Right, and, and the food costs you what it's going to cost you to sit at home and eat every day. <laughs> More than likely, <laughs> you're still you're still eating food, you know, whether you're on a hunting trip or you're at home on the couch. Right. You right. know, that's that's always been a big issue that I've had with the outfitted stuff. You know, I'd be like, well, maybe I could come up with that money. And then you're like five days. Ugh. Mm. You know, it's tough to tough to swallow it for. five. Yeah. But yeah, hey. absolutely. So um you you already kind of went through your bow. Are you, are you going to take the gremlin out there this time to to kind of give it a field field test run? Or are you still going to stick with your uh, with your assassin? I, I'm going to. St- oh, I got the hitman. I built myself a hitman this winter. Oh, okay. So going to stick with the 64 inch hitman um, since it's basically the only one I got and it's tuned up. So uh, we were we were not planning on going. Like Idaho closed. I don't know a month ago, month mm-hmm. and a half ago. They, like, shut down and weren't going to do non-resident tags like most other states. Um, and then they just recently, I think in the last week or so, opened back up to non-residents. So okay, I had, I had a lot of plans of grandeur that I was going to, you know, do this and that or whatever beforehand. And then mm-hmm. put it aside because didn't think we were going. And then now kind of last minute it's, uh, oh, hey, well, I guess we're going to leave in two weeks. Like, it's a scramble. Get your, get your stuff ready. So Yeah. At this point, I just hope I have my stuff ready. <laughs> <laughs> so, what do you uh, what what are you shooting out of that bow? What's what's your uh, your arrow setup? Um, right now I, I kind of got a little fancy here this winter. Uh, I've got some arrows from the old DM custom arrows, old Gary Hall out there in Connecticut. Okay. Uh, and there are some Black Eagle X Impacts, which is a far cry from the Gold Tip Hunters that I've shot for like. 11 years <laughs> but they're micros right yeah they're micros um they're like the light version of the like i don't know i guess the target version they call it of like a deep impact okay they're just a few grains less per inch than a or a couple i think like maybe two grains per inch less mm-hmm. than a deep impact um which worked out better for me um because i think even with just the stock aluminum outsert and 250 up front, I'm at like 575 or 580. Oh, perfect, yeah. Is 12 grains a pound out of 48. So, like, the deep impacts were, you know, 60, 640 or something, which mm-hmm. is only getting slower. Like, yeah. So, that's kind of how I ended up with those over, like, a deep impact, but. No, that sounds, uh, the, I mean, that's that sounds pretty sweet. What are you, uh, what are you shooting for a broadhead? Uh, I, I dug out all my Woodman's again. <laughs> so I was hoping to maybe get a hold of some of the new uh, cutthroat three blades, but 
I think kind of just didn't have time. And I'm not sure if they're selling those yet. I've uh, I've I've only seen pictures, and I, I don't think I've ever seen anybody shooting them just yet. Right. So I, I don't right. know. Yeah, the, the the push YouTube channel text there. They were kind of talking like they might be getting some out soon, but mm-hmm. it's kind of similar to the to the whole other rest of the scramble. I was gonna maybe get some VPAs, blah blah blah, and now it's just kind of a oh well we'll just we'll just shoot the woodsman that I got. A pile. I'll just run run what you what run you got kind of thing. Have you have you shot them for a long time? Is that kind of like your uh, your go to or? Yeah, I had shot woodsman's for uh, yeah I don't know ten years or so. Okay. Pretty much exclusively until like just the last couple of years, I dabbled in the single bevel game. So, have yeah, you no, f- have you found much difference? Uh, I've only shot a handful of animals with them, and a couple of them were just one was really good. A couple of them were just absolutely lousy tracking conditions. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can't. I really can't. You you can't you can't really definitively say. Right. Okay. Okay. I, mean, I know. I know. I like the three blades. I know. I like the woodsman's a lot. Well, or you the like VPAs, the three If I had the yeah. VPAs, um, I'm sure I'd like those a lot as well. Probably, maybe more. But do you um, do you put a lot of stock into uh, when, when you build your when you build your arrow setup? Right. I mean, are you are you geeking out like with the you know chasing foc and and things like that, or because 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 you said you had like kind of like the lighter shafts, right? Which kind of leads me to maybe i'm assuming but you know you're, you're trying to load up the front you know so you don't get a you know you get a decent amount up front without being too heavy overall arrow um i wouldn't i wouldn't say i geek out about it a whole lot i mean i shot the i shot the cheapest like gold tips for <laughs> a decade right right <laughs> um i i guess i'm i'm very aware of all the foc stuff and uh-huh. air fields and all of that and so then when i was going to try to do something different here over the winter and then i realized i was shooting a little less weight and then you start shooting what really kind of got me the most was that you needed a full length shaft so you couldn't shoot a full length 400 so you had to shoot a full length 350 Mm -hmm. then you kind of you're kind of limited when you can't cut the shafts yes because of your longer draw right too yeah so then when you're stuck with a 340 or so yeah looking more comparing more so just trying to get the overall weight of the arrow down to like a more manageable amount for the weight got it okay okay so for you it was more it was more out of necessity for um arrow length not so much in an effort to chase foc right is that right i mean i ended up and a lot of my setups have had 20 like when i've ever you know 2022 yeah like the decade but it's more so just that you end up with a full-length shaft and you put a few hundred grains out there, and you just it just ends up that way because yeah. you can't you can't cut the you can't cut the next weaker spine down to get it to work, and you're just I don't know, just kind of how it works out. But. Yeah, yeah, I, the it, it it's kind of funny like what you just that last little thing you just said right there. Sometimes it's just, it seems like if you're in between spine then like the next uh how should i put this like the next weaker spine like you, you you'd have to cut it way way too short you know what i mean to to be able to get it to work with what you wanted to get to work but then the next uh like stiffer spine you know you got to load the crap out of it 
to get it right. to be in, in, the, in, in the sweet in the sweet spot yeah so well i mean at least it looks like you got like a a setup that you know that, that at least that they at least that you're comfortable shooting um yeah. shooting with you know are you uh what what kind of method are you using are you like like pure instinctive are you aiming you're gapping are you uh what are you doing i'm still just kind of instinctive shooting with the clicker um okay haven't really got into the aiming stuff yet or well don't really have much interest in getting into that um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm i'm down with a controlled shot i'm okay with that but right the aiming stuff still kind of gives me the heebie-jeebies whenever i've messed around with that so yeah okay. i have trouble gapping myself too i've tried doing the gap thing you know and and i think um like you said you kind of ended up at about what 12 something greens per pound Somewhere, yep. somewhere on there with your, um, I'm, you know, just as far as shooting, you know, and tuning and stuff, I'm, I'm liking like 13 grains per pound. Um, just because I know that my arrow isn't pointed, you know, down to the ground, you know, when I'm, when I'm trying to shoot straight because it's, yeah. you know, too light kind of thing. I like that trajectory and it actually, um, I guess, I guess my style would be like, split vision or gap instinctive or sight picture or whatever you want to call it right. it all has to click right i mean everything in that entire snapshot that that my eyes take in and my brain registers has to kind of look right and you know if if the arrow tip is like you know way too you know at the six o'clock position and just kind of out of you know almost like you know not not in the frame kind of thing it screws me up and I think I, that's why I like shooting that heavier because it's like, okay, everything's kind of compressed a little bit. The arrow tip is kind of closer to where I'm trying to aim. And then I can kind of get a good visual on, on everything, you know, kind of round it all up and then be like, okay, this, this looks right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't kind of pay attention to mine at all, but. You know, and I have a theory too, and this is just my theory that, you know, when people say, um, you know, I, when they discuss like, okay, are you like pure instinctive or, or, or pure gapping or how should I start? I, you know, when I first started shooting, um, I, I tried everything and I was, I mean, it took me a long time to shoot like semi-decent and what I think happened with me. And I think what happens with a lot of people too is, you know, people I think evolve, right? So if you're going to, you know, teach someone, um, okay, here's, we're going to teach you how to gap. We're going to teach you how to use, use your arrow, um, as a sight pin kind of thing. And I think after like repeated like thousands and thousands and thousands of shots, your brain, that's how long it took me. Maybe someone else's brain works a whole lot better than mine and they can pick it up a lot quicker. But after that many shots, then you kind of get, okay, I started like consciously gapping, but because I saw what the arrow did over the course of those thousands of shots, now I'm not consciously doing it. My brain knows what it's going to do. You know, does that make sense? Yeah, no, it makes sense. And I was going to say, when you were talking about liking 13 grains per pound, I haven't paid a lot of attention to it. I just use it as like a rough base line. Mm-hmm. Like I usually have some sort of a finished weight that I'm kind of interested in. Don't pay a lot of attention to it. I know this year I wanted to shoot for a little bit less because I had dropped four pounds or something like that from what I had typically shot the last eight years. But over the last eight years, it's been, I, I'm sure all my arrows were between like, probably by or 650 grains like like okay. pretty tight group and i was going to kind of say the same thing like I, I think if a guy just shoots a similar trajectory or a similar weight arrow 
similar grains per pound might be a more accurate way to measure it. Right. You just you just learned the trajectory. <clears throat> kind of just transfers from bow to bow to bow to bow. Yeah. If you get a similar setup, it's. I don't know. I think that's that's a pretty big deal. I would say I would agree with you. I think that yeah. helps a lot. It just it's not very glamorous because you need to see five thousand of them. <laughs> yeah, like I said, I mean, some people qu- like pick this up like really quick, and I mean, I've I've been shooting like traditional probably like in in earnest for about the last like four years, right? Um, and until like this last, I'm gonna say year and a half, I'm gonna say. Um, it, it took me that long to be like 100%, well, I shouldn't say 100% confident, but confident that if I, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here in my basement and I can shoot like 13 yards. And I, I have, at some point, you go from like, am I going to, am I even going to like hit the target to, oh yeah, I'm totally going to hit that spot in the corner of that target. I, I'm not even thinking about, you know, ricocheting a you know $20 arrow off the cinder block in the back, you know, like two <laughs> inches past it. You know what I mean? And I don't know when that happens, but then all of a sudden you're staring, you know, one day you're staring at looking at it going, huh, I haven't had to think about hitting that cinder block for a while now. I wonder when that happened. And it's such a great feeling, you know, and right. every once in a while, you, you know, you, you screw it up. You, and, you know, have, but, a, have a seizure and put one in the cinder block just to let it know that you still know that it's there. Kind of. Oh, yeah. I mean, the other day I had a complete like ridiculous like collapse. Uh, I, I don't know why. And my my arm like like jutted my 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 string arm like jutted forward and I flung my fingers off. I'm, I'm like, what am I doing? You know, it just like like someone. It's almost like someone came and like whacked my elbow forward from the back and said, "Ha ha," you know. But yeah. but, but for the oh, most I, part, it took me a long time to shoot right. You know. No, I, you know I've talked to a fair number of other guys that are I don't whatever they are, um, and I. I I think it's just how it goes. I mean, like it's going to be a couple of years where you're, you're shooting at, you know, 10 yards and it's not bad. 12 yard. It's not bad. Yeah. And then you step back to 13 and you can't hit a barn. Like it's, and it's stupid. <laughs> like, uh-huh. or you get, you can shoot pretty good to like 13 or 14, mm-hmm. 15. And then you take a step back to 16 or 17 and you can't hit a barn. And it takes, yeah. I don't, you know, you can't really put years on it, but three, four, five years until you consistently hit stuff at 2025 like you know like you just expect to hit it you expect it yeah i heard once uh i heard once on uh on on the mediator podcast steve renault and he was talking about um uh they were talking it was it was like rifle hunting right but it was about ethics about shot distance and that kind of thing and i'm paraphrasing here but i think it was like you should never when you hit something you should never be like oh i hit it like, like, you know, like a rising inflection in your voice with a question mark at the end. It, it, it should, you should know that you're going to hit it. Like, oh yeah, there it is. And not like, oh, I hit it. You know, right. you should never Which, have that. So unfortunately is why a lot of guys like traditional archery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like compound stands. They're like, oh, I just got tired of being mad to miss. Like now I, I like it because if I hit something, I'm just like, Hey, that was a good shot. Which is, yeah, I, I think guys yeah. use that as an, as an excuse too, you know, and probably, uh, you know, like oh, that's traditional archery for you, and it's like, whoa, whoa, let's not have that attitude, you know, it's it's oh, you sure. can do better than that, we can be better than that, but you know, I I, I see what you're saying there, but yeah. um, all right, so we're going over an hour here, Bob. I want to get your uh your 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 um your book in here too. Um, want to talk about your book? It can't, it's it's been out for a couple of years now, 
And uh, I think last time I talked, I said I was going to buy it, and I still haven't. And I'm going to go and buy the damn thing like tomorrow. I, I promise you that. <laughs> this last one. What's that? It was out before we did the other one. The uh, it, it was, yeah. Huh. I think it, it couldn't have been out too much longer before that. I feel like it's probably been out about a year. Yeah, I, I, I mean, it, it might have just come out. I think when, when, when yeah. we, it was, it was available. It was available. It still is available. Good news still, for everybody. Good news for everybody. It is still available. So. So what made yeah. you decide to write a book? Yeah, I guess it just seemed like it'd be a pretty cool idea. Um, you know, I I wrote a handful of articles uh, quite a few years back. Um, I think I had a half a dozen or so published in like within a year, mm-hmm. um, mostly in traditional bow hunter. I think I had one or two in trad archers world, um, and then kind of got more into the video stuff and didn't do the writing stuff. And then I was just kind of like, yeah, I haven't really done any writing for a while. Maybe I should write some articles. And then I thought, well, I've got quite a few stories. Maybe I'll just write a book. That would be pretty cool. You know, and then if anyone asks you a question, you could be like, well, haven't you wrote, read my book? And like point to it, like on your mantle. Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Admit, you know, like that definitely crossed my mind. Yeah. Right. Uh, just thought it would be cool to have a book with my name on it. Uh, which it is, but it was a lot of work. <laughs> So these are uh, the, these are your sto- it's nonfiction, right? These are your stories, correct? Um, through are they hunting stories? Are they just yep. you know the life of Bob? Are they bow building? I mean, what what's what's in it? Uh, it's mostly just hunting stories. Um, pretty much, I think you know it kind of starts with uh, my dad and grandpa when I was you know two or three, just kind of growing up hunting stories, and then it starts progressing to like my personal, you know first year bow hunting at 12 and definitely once you get to like the last 10 years they're a little more detailed stories mm-hmm. but yeah so it's kind of just like the first 30 years of bow hunting i guess would be like a a good description of it hmm. and what's what's the title uh quiver full of arrows quiver full of arrows and where can i slash everybody buy one uh well you can order them from my website Right, right there on the website. We got a got a PayPal link and everything. Hit cool. Big, big, bigstickarchery.com. Yep, bigstickarchery.com. Okay. Cool. I think I'm gonna actually. You know what? When we get off here, I'm actually gonna order order that because uh, I'm I'm trying to force myself to. I, I I love reading. Don't get me wrong. But in today's, I guess I, this is an excuse. In today's age, where I'm just like I'm, I'm too busy doing like all this other crap, like. You know, with like with podcasts and YouTube and things like that, and it's like, oh, you know, I'm 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 too busy to read, kind of thing. Well, yeah, you, you know, know to me, I used to read. You know, I used to get in trouble for you know having the flashlight, reading books under the covers, like yeah, when I was supposed to be you know sleeping. Like I used to read a ton. I don't really read at all now. I, I don't know why, for whatever reason. Just, but when I do, I'm like, oh, I miss this. You know, yeah, like it's it's it's, it's, it's like what the hell was I doing not reading for whatever? But yeah, I mean, I I get it. So, all right. Well, um, anything else you wanna you wanna cover here before um before we get off? Uh no, I no, I think we kind of bounced around. Um, pretty much just looking forward to the bear hunt. Gonna do some filming for that. So hopefully that that'll come out hot to trot. Um, 
And you're 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 uh, you're doing that stuff for the push, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think I've done a couple. I did like my turkey hunt um, is edited and sent their way, and just some preseason scouting stuff is sent their way also. So okay, um, they're kind of kind of getting all their ducks in a row, and it sounds like they're going to come out just come out super hot for season two. Yeah, uh, way more organized than last year. So I think they're just kind of getting everything, all their ducks in a row, and I, it sounds like that stuff's going to start pretty soon here so yeah they, they they do they do a good job um with with anything they put out i mean you know i really really like those guys and everything they do and that whole community and stuff so um definitely looking forward to you know see, seeing what you and, and everyone else is, is, is going to put out because they got some they got some pretty cool uh you know pretty cool content you know providers i guess you know oh, yeah, yeah, they, they've added a few fellas so um it should be pretty interesting. Kind of curious to see where that all goes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so if someone wants to get a hold of you, it's uh, bigstickarchery.com. And yep. uh, you, are, are you on Instagram. Is it under Bob Smith or Big Stick Archery as well? Uh, Stick Archery. Facebook is Big Stick Archery. And then my email is bob at bigstickarchery.com. So, I mean, it's pretty. I feel like you probably just type Big Stick Archery into Google and it, it'll it, it'd probably find me. It probably find you, and then for your uh, for your bows, you uh, what, what's what's kind of like your uh, what's what's your wait time for a bow? If a guy were to order a bow, like how long how long total delivery? Oh, uh, man, I I I always like to say about six months. I'm afraid I'm gonna have to say like seven here pretty soon. Yeah, uh, this that, I, that's good. It is. I mean, it's really great, but like this year so far, it's just been my bonkers on orders which is really good but, yeah. uh, but it, cu- it cuts into bear hunting and elk hunting <laughs> yeah. uh yeah i mean the, the hunting comes down and then you're worried about trying to get the orders you know you get more orders in a month than you can make in a month which right. then you lose ground right off the bat but yeah so that's all great um but yeah it might I, we'll say closer to seven now it's probably a pretty, got it pretty safe bet so well, cool man i uh, yeah, i appreciate you being on um yeah. good luck on your bear hunt you know definitely have to get john later after that sometime to, to you know see how it went and all that stuff and uh you know best of luck to you i appreciate it. thanks yeah no problem Thank all right you. you hang on with me uh real quick here and i'll stop recording you got it